Come All Without, Come All Within. You won't hear nothing like the Cover Me podcast. That's right. It's Cover Me coming at you with the Mighty Quinn brackets, Quinn the Eskimo, or Quinn the Eskimo brackets, the Mighty Quinn. Cover me. That's what this podcast is. I'm fucking it up already. <laughs> it's the, this that, is the only... that is what this podcast is, though. What, fucking up? Cover me, I think? Yes. That was the name, right? That is the name. And yeah. what we do on this podcast is we talk about famous songs, and we compare them to all the like many cover versions of them to see which one's the best version, which really means which one we like best. And we talk about all the little crazy differences that happen throughout the years. And some mundane differences, too. That's right. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my mighty co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Um, Alex, how are you doing today? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing fine, doing fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's a Sunday. Not got much going on. I'm gonna go see a movie later. Oh yeah, what are you be cool. Um, I'm seeing the second Fantastic Beasts movie. Didn't see the first one. Hmm. My roommates are all going. I'm going uh, with my roommates. Going on a all fam- of them. Jacob's family going trip. Too? Uh, I think so. That's, I I feel. <laughs> Is he a Harry Potter fan? Uh, he watched the first movie a couple days ago. Okay. All of my roommates. Separately, watched the first movie a couple days ago. I have not seen it. That's so we're all going. I was going to watch it last night. Right. We watched Galaxy Quest instead. Tight. Yeah, it was pretty tight. That's with Tim Allen. And yeah, Alan? Tim Allen uh, and Alan Rickman and uh, Sigourney Weaver and Sam Rockwell and others. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Rain, Rain Wilson's in there for a bit. It's a small role. No shit. Rain Wilson. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's tight. What about you? What are you doing? Oh, what have you been up to? I'm doing all right. I'm just trying to wrap up all my semester shit. I still got to film a whole documentary. It, I'm doing that tomorrow, thankfully. Okay. Yeah, I guess it is. It is getting there. It's the like, end of that the one's the, the tricky thing about that one is getting the footage, whereas the tricky thing with the music video was editing the footage. Right, because you did a music video that I was a part of. That's right. Uh, J- Jesse Crossley and the Associates, the Gallivanter. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's... um. We we should re do some. We definitely re-recording. need to re-record the song. It's it was a very short time frame. It's sloppy, so there but some some issues. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, that's what's been new. Uh, let's talk about something old though. The Mighty Quinn. The Mighty Quinn, pretty old song. Now normally this is where I'd put in a clip from the song. You'd listen to it, but I couldn't find this one easily. So we're just gonna link the Spotify playlist we used for this in the description of the episode, so you can check this one out there. Yeah, written by Bob Dylan in 67. And possibly uh, collaborative with the band. Yeah, so did they you were write it present. for them? or No, um, just that they kind of all recorded together. Uh, okay, so he hung out a lot with uh, Manfred Mann. No, no, no. When I say the band, I mean the band. Oh, like the band? Yeah. Like the band, the band. The band. Who, at the time, I don't think called themselves the band until they became their own thing. But until they, they were the band. playing with Bob Dylan at the time. So one of the one of the recordings we're going to talk about, I think, or touch on at least, um, they're pretty clearly there. You can hear them in the oh. background. So I mean, th- this was all recorded at at Big Pink, right? The, it's just a pink house that they recorded at for a while. The band okay. has an album called Songs from Big Pink. Hmm. You may I don't know, know that. Um, that they wrote primarily at Big Pink while I, they were recording. I guess John Bob Cougar Dylan. Mellencamp wasn't invited. Maybe later. It's only got little pink houses. He was probably pretty young at the time. I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess. That's cool. I didn't know that, but I know listening to one of the tracks, I was like, this sounds like the band. Yeah. And I was like, that's folk music for you. I was like, that's folk rock, baby. I guess it just all sounds the same. No, they were all there. And uh, yeah, so this was just a demo, though. Yeah. So that's the 67 one. Should we talk about, I think what we did with, uh, like, with them's song, uh, Here Comes the Night, we talked right. about their version first, right? And then jumped into the the one that came before we did but i feel like this might be a little bit different only because bob dylan actually wrote the song as opposed to that where she just they recorded it first it Mm -hmm. just released later whereas in this case this is a demo that bob dylan recorded right do you think they heard the demo that is what i was wondering where how did this song like disseminate and get out because there's a ton of covers with various lyrical changes in like the first year yeah it came out and some of them I don't know where it came from. Like, it's interesting. Okay, yeah. So let's. I guess yeah. We'll talk about the Bob Dylan one first. Um, yeah, it's pretty basic. It's just a demo, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just kind of him singing the lyrics. But it starts with the first, I guess, verse where he says, "Everybody's building ships and boats." Yeah, big ships and boats. That's right. He starts right on that, and he goes right into that as opposed to having the kind of. I guess poppier intro that we'll see later. Yeah. It comes in with the uh, chorus. It's in this one's Yeah, basically there's just like a piano in this one, kind of sparse, or like it might be an organ. There is an organ. I think yeah. Is there both an organ and there's a piano? definitely an organ. And we got, it's like, a, yeah, it's a slower version. Of course, we're, this is the first one we're talking about. It's slow. He's, it's a very Bob Dylan vocals on this. And this is when you, like, having come from the Manfred Mann version to this one, I was like, oh, this is definitely a Bob Dylan song because yeah, yeah. you hear the lyrics in his voice. You're like, oh, yeah, this is his writing. Yeah, but I wonder if that would happen with any song. If he just sang some random song, you'd be like, yeah, that's a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, Maybe he just makes possible. has that effect on, on things. Or he's he's definitely like done some covers, hasn't he? For sure. I uh, can't think of any off the top of my head. But yeah, I would know. be uh, well. He's. I think. I, I think most recent album is like all jazz standards. Okay. He has a Christmas album too. Yeah, he's always said like. I'm Jewish, but like, it's fun getting the spirit of the season. So that's cool. Way to go, Bob Dylan. Hell yeah, Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, this honestly, this version didn't have much of an impact on me. Yeah, well, it's pretty basic. I mean, even the version, it's like it's off the like basement tapes, so it's yeah. not really super produced or anything, right? Because it's just a demo. Yeah, um, which is while fine. we're at it, though, we yeah. might as well talk about the lyrics. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the subject of the song, this is according to Wikipedia, is the arrival of Quinn, brackets, an Eskimo, an Eskimo, who changes despair into joy and chaos into rest and attracts attention from the animals. He does attract attention from the animals, which, um, gets mentioned. Yeah. But are the animals a metaphor? Is everything a metaphor? Does this song mean nothing? Let's talk about that right now. Let's talk about, well, first I want to say about that animal, because they're talking about the lion, all the pigeons, right? All the yes, pigeons, the pigeons go to him. go to him, because everyone's feeding pigeons. It always kind of sounds like they say bitches, and that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> all the bitches going to run to him. I never picked that up. That <laughs> up. I never heard that. But yes, it does have the same number of syllables. Now I'm going to think of it. So yeah, Dylan says that the song was nothing more than a, quote, simple nursery rhyme. Yes, I read that too. I don't, like he says simple nursery rhyme, I don't know that that means it doesn't have meaning necessarily in fact i would say it probably does not mean that mm-hmm. but um it is pretty simple at the start everyone's building ships and boats yeah doing all their stuff 
Um, until Quinn the Eskimo gets there, that's pretty much the entire... The entire... Yeah, everybody's doing some e- shit. Every verse is like something... Someone's doing something. And then Quinn the Eskimo shows up. And Quinn the Eskimo's up. like, hey man, let's just chill. And then they do? So like... Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's him so much saying it. It's just like... They see him and they're like, holy fuck. Oh, Quinn the Eskimo. This guy... Here. Everybody's building shit. Some are building monuments. Other are jotting down notes. Everybody's in despair. Every girl and boy. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody's going to jump for joy. He's turning these negative feelings into positive feelings. Mm-hmm. So wait, is the building of ships, boats, monuments, and notes a, a negative thing? I think it's just sort of, not necessarily negative, but everyone, like I said, they're in despair. Mm-hmm. So they're building these ships. And they're just, everyone's busy, I think, is what they're trying to say. Right. Um, or what he's trying to say. Um talking about it, maybe there's more meaning to the monument line i don't know talking about holding up the past or something mm-hmm. um i could see that but they don't really dwell on it and just kind of move past into the next thing so i think he's just he's he's making everyone feel better about what they're doing they're, they're not necessarily changing what they're doing they just feel better about it yeah fair enough um well, I mean, then, they might even just go back to because they just jump for joy because they see Quinn the Eskimo. They see Quinn the Eskimo because he's here now. And then they just can be like, well, that was dope. Time to go back to Sweet. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess they're jumping mm-hmm. for joy. And it's, then, it's really vague about what Quinn the Eskimo actually does. If yeah. Anything. Well, he, uh, let's see here because there seems to be in the second verse, he says, I like to go just like the rest. I like my sugar sweet, but jumping cues and making haste. Just right. ain't my cup. But that's of... not the original line. Is the it original not? line he says like guarding fumes and making haste, which I don't know what that means. Guarding fumes. Oh, it seems to be either way. It's a, I would say, a critique of what was modern society at the time. So guarding fumes might be like you know defending industrialism and maybe. I I, I would say fumes definitely go plays into that. Yeah. Whereas in the man for man one with jumping cues, it's like. Trying to get ahead, and, yeah, and this, at the cost of other other people, exactly, and making haste like this constant hurry of modern society. Mm-hmm. But then we get the line: "Everyone's beneath the trees feeding pigeons on a limb." Is that we do? And I'm wondering. Well, there's a few things there. Mm-hmm. One, I, I would see like if you're feeding pigeons, you're just kind of hanging out. You're idle. You're not really doing anything, right? So it's not necessarily a waste of time, but it's not really productive time. You're mm-hmm. just kind of hanging around. Uh, maybe it is a waste of time, it, depending on who you ask. Yeah. But you're also getting shit on because you're underneath the pigeons. So I feel like that might have something to do with it, too. Uh, so everybody is like like idly sitting there and feeding the pigeons, which is in turn causing the shit but to fall But it specifically on them. says they're under the pigeons, right? Yeah, feeding pigeons trees, on a limb. Feeding pigeons on a limb. So, like, I don't know if, again, it's all pretty vague. Yeah. And I don't... I, like this is how do you feed pigeons like that where you're both under them and so, feeding uh, you throw them. it up i don't you, know you just whip crumbs at them like, whip crumbs of uh, pigeons on a limb or like they come down and get it and jump back up but it does kind of say the pigeons are on the limb or maybe that's just a rhyme thing i don't know but i do kind of see how that could work as like imagery of like a worker drudging through his menial job of like getting shit on and also just kind of wasting time right because he's not moving anywhere and he, the only thing he's doing is causing him pain in, in 
in the way of birds are shooting on and him. And then but Quinn the Eskimo just kind of distracts the birds. That I don't totally get. All the pigeons going to run <laughs> to him. Pigeons now run to him. So who are the pigeons? I don't know who the pigeons are. And again, like Quinn the Eskimo's not doing anything. He doesn't have it's true. He like just a has big this, bag head or this anything. magnetism. Like, this gravitas. Yeah. So I think he like in that he's changing the system because now mm. the pigeons who are focused on just breadcrumbs see this non-material thing. I mean, he is very much of the material world. He's a real physical manifestation. He's a dude. He's a dude but He's not offering any sort of material compensation. He's not like, here, have this bread. He's just like, I'm Quinn the Eskimo. Just hanging out. So, you know, like, I can see that being a, that second verse being like a criticism of modern society and saying. I can see that. I can for sure see that. He's waiting for this guy who represents some kind of shift. Oh, so saying that someone is waiting for that when they shouldn't? necessarily be waiting is that what you're maybe no. i'm not sure because like, like quinn the eskimo is like a person and also an event right and so i'd say from bob dylan's perspective he is waiting because he's telling us about when quinn the eskimo is going to come so he's saying it's going to be rad we're going to like the pigeons are going to fuck off and like people are going to jump for joy so like he's waiting but nobody else knows about it i would right. say i guess the other thing is quinn the eskimo doesn't actually ever get there he uses like future tense and says when quinn the eskimo gets yeah it's gonna be great but quinn the eskimo doesn't really show up in the events of the song that's right yeah and then the the third one he talks about how everybody can't get sleep so everybody's kind of restless but when quinn the eskimo gets here everybody's gonna right sleep. and he also says ever someone on everyone's toes which I feel like that's more like conflict or like politics or yeah. people, people are at, at each other's throats kind of, com- I guess, competing for right. whatever. And now that, that first line where he said, I looked up the lyrics mm-hmm. and according to the lyrics, he says something like, let me give my credit due. I can recite them all. But I hear lab gates and gummy do gunny do. I can recite them all. So, the other thing is, can and can't sound very similar when you sing them. Right. So, sometimes it's hard to tell which what you're which. saying. Yeah. So, I still feel like this line, at least in the original, he's just trying to say that he is resourceful or something. Like, okay. that's what I'm getting. He's like, I can, he can recite them all. Like, he's a smart guy or good at memorizing things or something. Right. I don't know. Or, or good at or maybe it's more about things being driven into your head. Maybe. If I'm thinking about it, still this idea sure. of criticism of the current world and anticipation for this next one represented by an Eskimo, which might mean a, actually like a return to what Dylan views as more like Native American values. That might be a stretch. I don't. Is this song racist because Quinn's an Eskimo? That's um, my one question. Well... That's a good question. Uh, not one that I can necessarily answer. Although, although, there's nothing really in the song where he, they insinuate that Quinn is a man of Inuit descent. Right. So, it's entirely possible, if we look at the word Eskimo, supposedly, I always learned it meant the people who eat raw meat. Mm. Is he just a guy who eats raw meat? Is he just like He a, might just be some guy. And all the, so, all the pigeons run to him, is he just going to... Like, take a bite out of those suckers? 
Maybe. Because that's because that makes sense in in that interpretation. So all the pigeons are gonna run to him and and get eaten. and get eaten. Yeah. And but they can't resist it because it's this just unstoppable changing power, Quinn the Eskimo. And so they just run over and he eats them. And people stop getting shit on by birds. The, the other thing, uh supposedly the name came from um Actor Anthony Quinn's role oh, yeah, as right. an Eskimo in *The Savage Innocence*, which is a movie from 1960, um, it is apparently widely believed, but we don't really know. And although Anthony Quinn was a Mexican dude playing an Eskimo dude hmm. in a movie, yeah, which is not uncommon which has for the savage time. in the title. Yeah, what's that movie about? Do you know? Um, no. No, I don't. He kills a priest who rejects okay. his traditional offer of food and his wife's company. Pursued by white policemen, Inuk saves the life of one of them, resulting in a final confrontation in which the surviving cop must decide between his commitment to law enforcement and his gratitude to Inuk. Hmm. Cool. Anyway. So, that's a movie that maybe is related, but also someone said, I think it was named after Gordon Quinn. Yeah, that's a Chicago Tribune article. Who's co-founder of some film company? A film company that did things, maybe. I don't know. This is just speculation pulled from the Wikipedia article, and uh, I didn't dig into it podcast. too much. <laughs> speculation pulled from <laughs> Wikipedia. So yeah, that's all I. So I don't remember where I was going with that, but I wanted to say it. All right. Well, I'm glad you said it. So, Were we asking if this was movie or if this song if, yeah, was, was racist? racist. Um. Maybe just I don't think it is, but in I like an old-fashioned kind of way, Maybe. it doesn't really, as far as I can tell, talk about. Try to say anything about, about him being it's, an Eskimo. It's he almost like is. they just say Eskimo because it fits the rhyme or the rhythm. Yeah, the rhythm, better. yeah, that's it, fair. Like, although Inuit maybe would as well. Yeah, but were we using that too? I don't know that much. I don't know. I, I, I know, all? like my parents were raised to say, like Indian. And mm. and Eskimo and whatever, right? So and even I was at first until I went to school and learned. I didn't honestly didn't even think about it because they were like yeah, Indians. They're from India. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I know, right? It blows your mind. You're like, wow, the what? And then they're like, yes, there are more accurate terms. Like, oh, cool. I did not like. Yeah. So if if that was their perspective, then I, I and 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 the song might just be nonsense. That's entirely possible. That's definitely I don't want to rule that out either. But, uh, hey, that doesn't mean we can't read into it. That's exactly right. Um, I was going to say, is like Dylan one of those weird hippies who believes in the age of Aquarius? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Because this could easily be a song about that. About the age of Aquarius and like yeah. going into a new era of humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm, with some almost Christ-like figure like bringing it in. Yeah, definitely sounds kind of like that. He's uh, Jewish, so it's obviously not a Christian undertone. I suppose. I don't know how, like, like he's of Jewish descent, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much he was into the actual religious aspect. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Um, he has a Christmas album, so. That's right. Does that mean anything? Probably not. Probably not. Um, my question is, is Quinn the Eskimo just weed? 
This is actually always a good question like, to ask. Like is, <laughs> was like Quinn the name of Bob Dylan's weed dealer and they had like a strain of weed called like Eskimo Kiss or something like that and he just wrote a song yeah. about how it makes him feel good? The only one that, that doesn't make sense because everybody's going to want to doze. Yeah. Because he smoked too much weed. Yeah. So now you got to sleep. Um, everybody's going to jump for joy. Yeah. Because you're high. Yeah. But all the pigeons going right, to run pigeons, him. Unless the pigeons are, are like people or something or like hippies and it's like, oh, they're, they're just going to want the weed. Are the, are the pigeons a red herring? Which they're also feeding on a limb. So it doesn't work perfectly. I don't think we're going to find the perfect interpretation. I like that. New, you, holler yeah. at us with your interpretations of, at Jake the Cressy on Twitter. Uh, hashtag the mighty Quinn. <laughs> yep. I actually came up with a better one. The mighty Quinterpretation. Yep. And uh, or Cover Me Pod, because that's our podcast. That's our podcast. That you're listening to right now. That's Hopefully. right. Um, we want to talk about the Manfred Man version now? I would love to talk about the Manfred Man version now. This one brings in the, the kind of signature flute. Yes, it adds this riff that yeah. you see. So this is the band Manfred Mann. Yes. Uh, which features the man Manfred Mann. He's a, I guess, keyboardist and like band leader. Okay. Yeah. But he didn't sing. No, because that's Chet Abdo or whatever his name is. Uh, Chet, Chet DeBeau. Mike, Mike, Mike DeBeau. Dabo. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, although I don't know if you actually have to stop for that apostrophe. Um, so that's Manfred Man. We'll talk about him again later. Uh, Mike Dabo. He's the. Uh, he's also. He's the singer. Yeah. This, this is the second singer for the band Manfred Man. Mm. Uh, he was not the guy who sang "Do What Diddy Diddy." That was Paul Jones. Paul Jones. A different singer. Okay. And then they got Mike Dabo. Uh, did you watch the? It wasn't like a music video, really. It was just them performing it. No, like I as didn't a video. See this. Tell me about it. It was just, it just looked like a band, a pop band from the sixties, <laughs> singing a song. But like the audio was a bit distinct, at least in the version I saw. Right. So it was kind of weird. So it was like some guys. It was sixty-seven, so or sixty-eight. So it was just like some British dudes. Um, Mike Dabo was kind of doing a almost Mick Jagger thing because it was the late sixties. Right. Um, it was a little mod because one dude had a frilly shirt, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much it's just them playing the song. Just them playing the song sounds yeah. like a fun time. And like the guy on the guitar had nothing to do; he was just strumming. Yeah, this is not a uh, like instrumentally complex song. No, but I really like the bass line in this version, which yeah. comes up again. It's like a boom, 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 or something like that. Yeah, it's a very uh, active one. Maybe not yeah. complex, but it's yeah, yeah, like it's a drive. Like I think all the instruments kind of drive the piece forwards. They're always moving. It's true. Even the like piano, it's mostly just the piano chords playing. Dum, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, but like it's very. It has a sort I can't of. Feel like, I can't flow do like harmonic it. analysis. Yeah, I don't know chords and chord relationships that well, but like. Maybe there's something there. Maybe. Um, so this, this version in particular reached the top of the UK singles chart for a week. That was actually the week of Valentine's Day, 14th of February, 
And the week after that, it was also on there. And it peaked at number number 10 on the American Billboard chart. And number 4 in something called Cashbox, which is a music industry trade magazine. Cool. There you go. Cool. Like old, yeah. So like equivalent to like Rolling Stone? Yeah. But called something else? And with this version, I can see it more as a nursery rhyme than in the Bob Dylan version. This is a lot more... Because you just get this non-Bob Dylan voice singing it, and it's like, oh, yeah. This was the first version I ever heard. I think for most people it would be. Um, Yeah, probably. This, because it was on some, like, old hits record. And Mm -hmm. when I bring it up to, like, middle-aged people, they seem to know it. Right. So it seems to be fairly Mm well-known. At least, if, if not in the way of, like... A bohemian rhapsody or something like that like people have heard it at least yeah it was reasonably popular as you mentioned yeah and it's like it comes in it's like a two three minute song somewhere between yeah, those two not markers. super long we that's why i put so many versions of it on the yeah on the playlist i was gonna take some off and then just didn't so yeah i actually added one <laughs> that's right so fuck but chat's very catchy it's uh like it gets stuck in your head Part of it sounds Absolutely like uh, when he goes like every that's the I think it's one of the verses where he's like everybody, yeah. So basically the verses kind of sound like um, I've got a feeling by the Beatles. He's like everybody had a hard time. Oh, there, <laughs> yeah, there were a few times, and now I like I didn't write down the examples, but there were a few times when I thought it sounded like a Beatles song. Not necessarily that one, mm-hmm. but a little Beatlesy. But again, yeah, late seven, late sixties. Yeah. It makes sense. That uh, exactly, people would sound like the Beatles. That's why I hesitate because it called it folk rock, but I was like, it just kind of sounds like the Beatles. I, I'm which what called it folk rock? I think like Wikipedia or some shit. I mean, I guess like. The Bob Dylan version. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call this version folk rock. No. I would just call it like Rocky Pop. Unless well, it's got rock. that flute in there. It does have that flute. Fl- flute's folk because they both start with F. They do both start with F. That's why so, in folk rock you have to play the fitar. <laughs> that's a brand of, um, of like digital piano key beds. Really? They make, yeah, they make key, keys. He's <laughs> called guitar. Cool. Um. Yeah. It's uh. We got some backup vocals on this one. On the I think it's on the chorus. I'm all without. I'm all within. The chorus is really like this is where it starts to feel like anthemic, mm-hmm. and it kind of gets that aspect. And you definitely hear it. Like they're going to talk about a few live versions. Yeah. And it seems like they're finishing with this song. In both versions to me. Yeah. Even though one might actually be opening with it. It's not clear. But yeah, me. it's it's really got that call to sing along in the chorus. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Pretty simple. Yeah. Easy to sing along to. And uh, in at least one version, there's literally a call to sing along. That's, yes. So. That's correct. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Um, oh, yes, we will. I think that's all I got to say about this version. Should we yeah, jump to... It's pretty catchy. I mean, obviously, it made enough of an impression on me that I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and listen to more versions. This is honestly, so. I hadn't heard the song before this week. Yeah. So, let's do Ian and Sylvia. Come on without. Come on within. You've not seen nothing like a mighty queen. Come on. Sylvia. 1968 they're a yeah. canadian folk and country duo they performed from 1959 to 1975 
So they started performing together in 59. The two got married in 64, and then they got divorced and stopped performing together in 75. Oh, that's sad. That's a pretty wild journey, honestly. Yeah. Um, what I read called this early country rock. Yes. Pretty country. The album's called Nashville. He's got that real country Oh, voice. boy. He's got like a real, like, I guess a twang, but like super vibrato. Yeah. Like I was trying to sing along and imitate it in the car and like, I hurt my voice. Like it hurt. Yeah. I just noticed it was like, as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, that's like that old country voice. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, this is going to be embarrassing when I don't know the name. This is a guy who does that Ramblin' Man song, but not that Ramblin' Man okay, song. Okay, that's like the Allman Brothers. <laughs> not the Allman Brothers. Um, Ram- I don't know. Man. Let's go. Um, the Lord made me. He made me a Ramblin' Man. And I only know it because of the... Ramblin' Man is an artist. Oh. Come on. Ramblin' Man, the Allman Brothers. Let's see. I don't fucking know, dude. Oh, well, hang on. Let me look it up. You fucking lunatic. It'll be faster that way. Do my work for me, please. Uh, 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 um, uh. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's like an older kind of country folk type song. Rambling. Yeah, you get a sort of like galloping, I would call it galloping, I don't know if that's right, country guitar on the, on the verses. There's also a fiddle. Yes, that's right. It, it comes in with a fiddle. Hank yeah. Williams. Hank Williams. What else does he do? Just that one? Oh, he's... he's this that was is the like, only song you ever made? What? <laughs> yeah, that was the only song. No. Um, I one time went to a Canadian songwriter showcase at a small, like, wine and cafe. Oh, was that, bar in, and cafe was that in Inglewood? In Inglewood, yeah. yeah. The, the Inglewood and Calgary, which is a fairly nice, Sometimes, relatively gentrified place. Yeah. Sometimes um, known as the Music Mile. Really? Yeah. There actually. is a lot of performances and stuff there. Um, but they were, anyway, they were singing Canadian songs, but they were like very country focused. All the, all the local artists they had there performing were very country focused and Hank Williams got brought up a couple times. Okay. I don't, he's not Canadian. Yeah. I was going to say, but like they just brought up lots of artists. They were like, we wish we could sing this song, but we can't. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But like, oh, what was the other guy? I don't remember. Some like weird, like they would bring up names like Wilf Carter or something like that. Wilf? Yeah, Wilf. Is that that short for Wilfred? I don't know. (laughs) That would make sense. But like, I had never heard of him before and they were just throwing names around like I should have known them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a little out of my elements, but there was a little bit of Neil Young and a little bit of Joni Mitchell. So it was all right. Good time. That sounds about right. So yeah, this one, they were Canadian folk in the country, but this one is very country. Pretty country. Oh, yeah. They don't do the riff. Mm-hmm. It's faster. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's a, this, this new ver- verse about the cat's meow or some shit. They say that. Yeah. They say the cat's meow and a cow's moo. I can recite them all. Uh. But that line also comes up in the live Bob Dylan version. Okay. From 1979, 1980. I think right. it was released in 1980. Um, which is, I don't know where it came first. Because if Bob mm. Dylan was performing the song live, which he may have been, yeah. maybe they heard it from him. Because it's not on his demo version. It's not in the demo yeah. version. But he used it, so I don't know if he took theirs or if they heard him do it. Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just have guesses. That's right. So this one throws a little of that improper country grammar on things like, I likes my sugar sweet. I think 
Bob Dylan does that in the original. Oh, does he? I think so, but I'm not sure. He kind of does that sort of thing. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise um, me. But they don't do it in the in the Manford Man version. No, but like, yeah, definitely that kind of, that style of talking definitely lends itself to a country version. Yeah, I can see that. And I guess folk and country are pretty much like right beside each other on a musical spectrum. So yeah, it's in not... terms of like, if you see like lines and branches and or timelines with branches and stuff, I could see them being. Having some crossover and things. Yeah, so it's not surprising to see that this works in a country context. This isn't a bad version at all. We got, they both sing this one, at least on the Yes, the they chorus. do. It kind of alters. Yeah. Like, well, what I noticed was, um, for one, they split the voices between the left and right channel. Okay. So, like, the left channel is the male voice, Ian, and right. uh, the right channel is the female voice, Sylvia. Yep. Uh, and the levels kind of change. So, like at first, Ian is higher, but then I think Sylvia gets higher, and then it. Oh, okay. So they kind of trade back and forth. Again, but it moves back and forth. Right. I didn't yeah. listen to headphones, so I didn't pick up. Yeah, on I that. didn't pick up on it at first, but yeah, with the headphones on, I definitely, definitely noticed it. Only because I was talking to my roommate, and I took one of them off, and I was like, "Shit, where'd have the music go?" <laughs> but I wouldn't have noticed it otherwise. <laughs> Ah, uh, let's see. I think that's uh, that's all the notes I got for this one. We covered the fiddle and the. Yeah. Did I say it was faster? I yes. wanted to make a "fiddle me harder, daddy" joke, but I couldn't fit it in. Hmm. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. I like that. You're welcome. Uh, and more energy on this one than Dylan's original, but I think that definitely goes for a lot of them. A, yeah, um, does go for a lot of them, but some of them definitely go for a more of a laid back feel, which mm-hmm. kind of fits in with the Quinn the Eskimo concept. Of making everyone dozy or whatever. Right. So, this doesn't really have that. And some of them do it and some of them don't. For sure. Should check if there's a brand of weed called Quinn the Eskimo or the Mighty Quinn. I would be shocked if no one ever did that. I know. There's a lot of different kinds of weed. <laughs> so, let's jump into the Ventures version. 1968. <laughs> Jump into a flight of fantasy. Is that the, the That's name the of the album? album? Okay, yeah. yeah. So the Ventures are an instrumental group. Group? Who are apparently the best-selling instrumental group possibly ever. Of all time? Of all time, maybe. And they're extremely influential and mm. very popular in Japan. Really? So they like toured Japan until pretty recently because I think a bunch of their members passed away. But maybe some of them still play there. I don't know. But like... There was some, I, oh, it was an article I was reading. Was it, I'm pretty sure this is not from the Wikipedia article, but they were talking about the, the ventures in mm-hmm. Japan and there was interviewing like a Japanese guy and he said something like, I really think the Beatles are overrated here. And then the, the author had an aside where they said an interesting way of putting it, considering that like the ventures outsold the Beatles something like three to one in Japan. Like, wow, they're so popular in Japan, apparently. That's crazy. And even like when I look them up, if you look up their article, I'm pretty sure the picture of them is they're like in whatever kimonos or right Japanese traditional dress robes, like bowing. So like they were really popular in Japan. That's crazy. So that, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting them to be important, but also apparently they're pretty influential in mm-hmm. terms of like they're really known for their use of fuzz and popularization of like fuzz effect right i can see that and, on and this that, one that comes up yeah for sure like that's the the um 
the me- the vocal melody yeah. in the choruses is it, that really fuzzy guitar. Yeah, that's right. Um, one part on this track sounds like the Donkey Kong Country bonus level music. Oh, which part? Um, so it's when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, but it's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting bananas. Woo. Golden bananas. Not quite. Not quite. Um, yes, that's on David Wise. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know who wrote that track. David Wise, Grant Kirkhope. Someone else? I feel like, so they, there are some interesting things, like with the guitar and the fuzz track, like you mentioned, I thought that was pretty cool sounding and gave it a good uh, it is a cool sound. Like tone. But uh, without the lyrics, the song isn't, like we've mentioned, it's not a complex piece. Right, it's pretty repetitive. It's, it's practically just a rhythm piece. Yeah, and like they don't really change up the melody between between the verses the chorus is repetitive and doesn't move around a whole yeah lot, which is part of the reason it's so good to sing mm-hmm. because it doesn't take a lot but um it is although they do a decent job of um like they switch up the instruments like a different instrument will play each verse i think yeah or no a different guitar plays the first verse it's kind of a cleaner guitar mm-hmm. um and then there's an organ playing throughout oh the organ also plays the riff at the beginning right that's so right this version does have the riff which was absent from ian and sylvia that's correct um and then there's the organ plays the second riff and then the that clean guitar comes back in for the bridge when they say when quinn the eskimo gets here except they don't say anything yeah um and then they go back to that clean guitar for the third verse but there's a little bit more organ in the background. So there is kind of an escalation, and they are changing the, the arrangement mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. But it does, you can definitely tell there is a lot of repetition. Yeah, definitely. I was just kind of waiting for this one to end, because I was like, I get it. It's, it's Quinn the Eskimo. So yeah, I was shocked I, to hear that they're influential. I have to look at what else they actually really important. Yeah, recorded. well, if you look up, they didn't do... I think one of their songs is in Pulp Fiction. Okay. And then like like one of their songs and a cover of one of their songs or something. Because mm. it's kind of surf rocky. Okay. And they do have a cover of Wipeout. But it's not there. But it's not. Right. I, okay. And I don't really know. Because like, all the only songs I could recognize by them were covers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, don't, I just don't know exactly what, where their influence comes from. Maybe it's just the technology. Because I know there was a while there where everyone was like, how can we make our guitars sound more like we fucked with them without breaking them? Right. Like, That's a big important thing. Um, so maybe they were more influential in, in, in that. But I don't know. Um, I'm sure they had their own. And they were all instrumental, mm-hmm. as we said. So, Which is probably a lot of music, but not this sort of pop music usually. Yeah, so, usually it's not so interesting. In much in the mainstream. Um, if you're comfortable, I'll jump into Bob Dylan's live one, 1969. Yeah, yeah I didn't, uh, actually, I didn't write anything down about that, but I, I have some things to say. This is a good time to bring up this story, and so yeah. apparently in his 2004 autobiography, he talks about how he was, quote, on the way back to the house, I passed the local movie theater on Britannia Street, where the Mighty Quinn was showing. Years earlier, I had written a song called The Mighty Quinn, which was a hit in England, and I wondered what the movie was about. Eventually, I'd sneak off and go there to see it. It was a mystery, suspense, Jamaican thriller with Denzel Washington as the mighty Xavier Quinn, a detective who solves crimes. Funny, that's just the way I imagined him when I wrote the song, The Mighty Quinn. Denzel Washington. 
Cool. I don't know if he's being sarcastic. Is that or... a move? Like, I've never heard of that move. It's a movie, yeah. Okay, that's real. It is a real movie. He's not... <laughs> this is fucked. Okay, it wasn't just fucked up. Okay. Um, I guess we gotta watch that movie now. Yeah. And so, yeah, his course is actually featured in that movie with different verses, since the movie's Quinn is not an Eskimo. Fair enough. Think about that. Fair so, enough. yeah, this 1969 one feels like much more of a performance like i can feel yeah is putting an effort it's, into it i mean well con- compared to the demo it's yeah like, it's got that upbeat but it also has a few years of covers to sort of mm-hmm. draw from and see what was successful that's um, right and you can really really tell that the band is there yeah like it sounds like the band playing and the band singing especially the vocals it sounds like the band's va- backup vocals yeah and he does uh, this uh thing where he kind of like sings off time like, tempo, you expect him to, like, on the chorus, it's like, come right. on without, and he's like, come on without. <laughs> <laughs> kind of that, I guess, trying to add flourish in a live setting. Yeah, and then sometimes he just doesn't sing it. Yes, yeah, so I think he messes up, like, at the beginning, mm-hmm. his line, he just says, everybody's building their boat, like, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, mi- I don't know, maybe he didn't miss it, maybe they wanted to change yeah. it, but it is a little bit awkward. But maybe that was intentional. Maybe he wanted it to sound, um, or people to anticipate it and it to not be there. So much yeah, of music is about playing with our expectations. Anticipation. Um, yeah, so definitely more similar to the Manford Man version at this point. But he does use the cat moo, cat, the, the, the cat's meow and a cow's moo yeah. <laughs> line, which was, as far as I can tell, originally featured in the Ian and Sylvia Ian and version. Sylvia version, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Where did Ian and Sylvia learn the song in the first place? That's the question. That, that was, I think we already said that. How did they get the song? How did they get it? If it you? was just a demo, did he just share it around? Or like, yeah, he's like check who this had out, this guys. song that was like, record, like completely changed the song and then record it? It's hard to say. Um, this one's got a guitar solo in it, which was pretty nice. He, he, he uh, oh. foreshadows it by oh, saying, yeah, yeah, it does. oh, guitar now. <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> It's probably who would have played guitar like I don't know Robbie Robertson. Yeah, I suppose. Sorry, it could have even been Dylan. That's true. He was a guitar player. It's when when was he fucking booed for using an electric? It would have been before that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a hilarious event! <laughs> I just can't imagine going to any concert today. And seeing like a musician pull out a different instrument and being like, "Fuck that, no!" Yeah. Except, yeah, I mean, well, there was a while, like, especially if you spent as much time as I did reading just like Wikipedia art entries for various bands and performers uh, in your high school years. There's so much that was like, and then they used like a synthesizer. Everyone hated it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> now synthesizers are everything. Yeah, but it was a bigger deal back then, and. I mean, he defended it pretty well, and it was a little bit ridiculous that there was outcry, but I'm sure yeah. it didn't seem like that at the time. And he was like this hardline folk, like I'm playing acoustic guitar. Yeah, he was like and a folk icon. When he, they said he like went electric or something like that, and everyone was like shocked. It was a big deal. And like now it's like whatever. Like that's we we that's the Dylan we know. Yeah, we we all go back huge, and forth on this shit anyway. Like. I, I'm curious how major it would have been like what would have to happen today mm-hmm. that would be comparable to that well, like would it be as simple as like i don't know taylor swift going from country to pop like probably 
not i don't know yeah, like, do you think there's a, like a hardcore like old taylor swift fan who's like go back like, to country like i i don't even know and like i'm sh- i don't really know taylor swift music but like was it that like hardline country really it was she had that she had that pop country twang voice like i have to it imagine it was more like pop country yeah. but i don't know i don't know the thing is i'm really only familiar with pop country and even then like I don't listen to a lot of country. That's true. I, uh, I at one point was like, maybe I'll try this out, but I could not get into it. I'll have to try again. We'll have to do only country songs for like four months and see what we do. Hell yeah. It's, yeah. I, I try to do the same thing with reggae, but we'll talk about that oh, on a later cover here. Yes, we will. Uh, what else do I have to say about this one? I felt like I had something. No, nope, it's gone away. Should we jump to 98? This is, um... Uh, Manfred I've, Mann's Earth Band. Mann's Earth so, Band. Explain this to me. Explain what to you? So the Earth Band, was he at one point Manfred Mann and the Earth Band? Manfred Mann is... A guy. Yeah. A man. As I we get that. Yeah. From, I believe, South Africa. Mm. Um, who has bands sometimes. I don't know exactly what the transition was, where he was just like, I guess we won't be Manfred Mann anymore. We'll be Manfred Mann, that Manfred Mann's Earth Band. So he's still part of the he's group. He's still part of the oh, group. Okay. I thought Absolutely. this was some weird decision where they're like, well, Manfred Mann left, but... <laughs> that does happen later. They, yeah. That's when we're talking about with that, the Manfreds. That's when they become the Manfreds. Which is former Manfred Mann group members without Manfred Mann. Man. But they took literally his name. That was... Well, I mean, his name was the name of the band. What the Earth Band was the name of the band. <laughs> well, that No, that wasn't that band. It was Manfred Mann that they're from. Oh, my Not God. So, wait. Manfred Mann's Earth Band is a different band that Manfred Mann works with? Yeah, yeah, they're both like his his band, I guess. But Manfred Manfred Mann's Earth Band did not record the original version of Manfred Mann's The Mighty Quinn. No, no, completely different. <laughs> other than Manfred Mann is there. Okay. Also, one of his albums, forget what it's called, is attributed to Manfred Mann with Manfred Mann's Earth Band because he said <laughs> he said that he was like it was a little more experimental, a little more my thing. So I didn't want like the name. Like, it to be completely attributed to the band. I didn't want right. it, them to be associated with it, because if it was, like, a complete flop. But, like, I feel like it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, right? Like, they're gonna be like, <laughs> oh, no, this was Man for Man's fucking they Earth Band. They were just playing with... <laughs> Man for Man's Innocent. <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted to, like, take the fall, but it was still, like, it's still on Wikipedia listed as a Man for Man's Earth Band <laughs> album, so... I don't know. <laughs> Just bizarre. Like when David Bowie decided to work with, a, like, in a band unit, he became Tin Machine, right? Yeah, it was a little different. Well, like, I don't know why you had to be like, time to work the new band, Manfred Man's Earth Band, as opposed to Manfred Man. Or like the Earth Band, something. I don't know. Yeah, just Carcel's the Earth Band. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, here we are with so this version. Manfred Man's Earth Band, their band, Manfred Man's in it. They've had various members over the years. Um, any, any big ones? Any like um, their drummer was also in ACDC. Okay. Um, and well, they've had various drummers. One of their drummers was the guy, and I can't remember anyone's. I want to say Clive Bunker, who played drums in um, for Aqualung. 
Aqualung then, the artist or Aqualung? <laughs> Aqualung the album. Okay. And uh, I think left the band after that. But he was in, in Jethro Tull for a while. Um, and yeah, so there's like a few notable names. Let me see if I... I didn't really write anything down um, other than... This is a live performance, I should mention. Um, obviously, kind of the big Manfred Mann's Earth Band song is their cover of Blinded by the Light which I'm sure we will get back to at some point because I really want to. Absolutely. Um, the guy who sang that, Chris Thompson, he's at this performance and oh, so yeah. is the Man for Man Earth Band Meb, as we call them. Uh, no Mc- or the replacement, No Makala. Mm-hmm. And he says that at the beginning. He's got two great singers for you now. That's right. And I had to look up the names because it's hard to... <laughs> Chris Thompson and No Makala. Anyway, so they're singing together on this song. Okay. And Chris Thompson sang Blinded by the Light, as I mentioned. Got it. But the other thing is, this is a live album, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I think, from various shows right, so on their tour. Which shows? It's called Man Alive. Man Alive! Um, yeah, so it was like recorded throughout 60, 96 and 97, rather. Okay. And um, there's like three or four songs in the album that are like written by Manfred Mann. There's a lot of covers. This group does a lot of covers. I don't know what that means. This means they love music, man. I guess it does. I guess it does. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so this one, like, both the singers on this one are very strong. I think that's they're true. both very good. I guess I that's, that's the advantage of, like, having a dedicated singer. Yeah. And, like, being a guy, like Manfred Mann, who can just hire someone who's a good singer. Yeah, he's just like, listen, join the Earth Band. By which I mean Manfred Mann's Earth Band. <laughs> Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget whose Earth Band this is, all right? <laughs> Um, they sing well together as well because they do some harmonies on they this. Do. Uh, they do. They're very strong. Um, um, this also does have the intro riff. I, yeah. I, I should mention. And that's on, do they do it on organ in this one? They do it on organ yeah. or some kind of synthesizer, but I think it's an organ. And there's, yeah, just more instrumental work in general on this. Yes, this has a couple guitar solos, I think two. Yeah, because that's it's one of those songs where we saw this with... Uh, Wild Thing? Yeah, with, uh, with Cold Chisel. Where right, they had like a nine-minute version. Yeah, where they do the live thing. version and just kind of like throw some stuff. This is a little bit more lyric. There's like a little bit more into it in terms of lyrics. But yeah. the, I think the advantage of this one is once you get to the chorus, you can really get people to sing along. Oh yeah, more so than Wild Thing. Um, you can kind of get people to sing along Wild Thing, like because it's simple, but yeah. it's not as much like this where you really feel like you want to sing along. Like I don't know if I ever listened to this in my car without singing along yeah, to the chorus. Yeah, it's just like... Like, it's a real earworm. It really is. And with something like Wild Thing, you even see it on the versions we talked about where it's mostly when they wanted groups doing it, it would be like a like an echoing chant kind of thing. Be like, Wild Thing. Be like, Wild Thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so this is... Uh, we get a drum solo, we get guitar solos, oh, we get a, a piano solo. solo. Everyone gets a fucking solo. Everyone gets a solo. It's the late 90s. It's a rock and roll. This I said, like, this feels like... The difference mm-hmm. is that rock and roll just like developed a lot over several decades, and now we're seeing wh- where it started right. with Manfred Mann version, and then where it is now with the Earth Band version, okay, or was then. So like that's yeah. that's what I saw, and yeah, that's yeah. that's how I felt about it. Yeah, this is like a just a big live showpiece. Like it's very large and bombastic, and they're like, "Come on, sing along!" And yeah. here's a bunch of solos. It's like it's a good live piece. I don't know if I would listen to it 
like regularly. Maybe not. There's a few weird things. One, he says copying down notes, which adds syllables and makes it awkward to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do like the verse. Yeah. Different. He says, let me do what I want to do. I like my sugar sweet, which combines the first line from the um, third verse mm-hmm. and the second line from the second verse. Yeah. And then goes back and the second half is all the third verse. And then they repeat that. So they just, they kind of have a squish, squish together verse right. that they sing twice instead of uh, having a second okay. verse and a third I verse. I don't know verses. if that's a mistake, but it doesn't seem like a mistake because they do it twice. Do, yeah. And especially because the second time they're both singing, I think. Is that true? Um, I'm not But there's more sure. harmonies or something. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So then you do it twice so that the second one, it's like, look at how much more it is. Like, now two people Yeah, are you have that building. Yeah. Um... So it's neat. And then they get the audience to sing along. Yeah. And then you get the, like, it ends with a big, like, big Well, they finish. do mighty, mighty, like, they do, uh, they do the harmonies, which also happens, I believe, in the self-portrait version. Yeah. The, the live Bob Dylan yeah, version. Yeah, 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 Um, And also, there's another version where it sounds like they're going to do that, and they don't. Mm-hmm. It might just be the original. Uh, yeah, no, not the, well, the demo. The demo version, I keep when you hear the end because he like holds mighty, I think. Yeah. And then it, I keep expecting the band to come in. Right. And do the harmonies, but, but they just there. don't. Yeah. So, but they do in the live version. So That's right. They got that part down. Yeah. And so this is, this was a good piece. Um, I'm not sure I have a lot else to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an updated version of the, of the Manfred Mann one. It has the riff that Manfred Mann added. Yeah. Um, and it has a bunch of, bunch of instrumental solos and then a bit in the middle where they just kind of stop playing for a bit and then they jump back into a drum solo that's right um so let's jump into mike mike debo come on without come on within you'll not see nothing like the mighty quinn come on Cabo. mike Dabo. In 2004. So Mike Dabo, uh, he, I, I mentioned him a bit earlier. He's a British artist. He mm-hmm. basically did this and the song Handbags and Glad Rag. Okay. Which is used as the theme for The Office, the UK version of The Office. Ah. Um, but he wrote it for someone else. It was a hit for someone else. Right. He also recorded it himself. Yeah. And I remember trying to find The Office version. But it, the version in the office was recorded for the office by the office musical director. Oh, okay. So it's like a different version. It's not him singing. It's not whoever the other guy he wrote it for was. Um, there's a ton of versions of that song. Yeah. But he's got several versions as well. Mm-hmm. So this version of uh, The Mighty Quinn, I would say, kind of carries what you talked about on the last one. It feels like an updated version. An updated version? It's a lot It's a lot funkier. Yeah, we get a funky bass track on this one, which I think is the strong point for this. And some more, like, keys. Isn't electric piano in this one? Yeah. Yeah. He's playing electric piano. I'm pretty sure Mike Dabo plays keyboards. I'm not 100% sure who played in this track. Yeah, but. he's got the... There's the flute intro on this. We got bright sounding keys. Um, there's synth. That comes in for the second chorus. Oh, I missed the synthesizer. There's like little accentuations at, okay. at the end of phrases. Yeah. Like I get a really hard, it says 2004, but it feels very 80s to me. Really? Almost Huey Lewis in the news. It does sound a bit Huey Lewis in the news now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. A little like, 
maybe not quite new wave, but, mm-hmm, but a little new wave. It takes maybe the, the kind of pop elements of new wave or something like yeah. sharing some common ground. But this is definitely a, a funky version. It obviously, maybe obviously, uses the lyrics from the Manfred Man version. Mm-hmm. Jumping cues and making haste. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, some sort of synth brass. Yeah, there's like a synth brass. I'm yeah. pretty sure the brass sound is synthesizer. Uh, so it's got that. It's definitely it's got a like pretty big feel to it, or almost big feel. It it sounds like it could be not because it sounds like a brass section, but it's yeah. a synthesizer. But they could do with brass, and it would sound cool too. That would sound cool. They got a so there's a breakdown kind of section in this where we get some cowbell, flute, and tambourine, and group singing. And he says, "I want to hear you sing." Yeah, this is a little different because like way back in the Man for Man version, it's like in the back and it's like, "I want to hear you sing." Mm. But this is he just like goes, "I want to hear you sing," and <laughs> and then it's kind of repeated in the background later on. Yeah, well, yeah, they get these really cheesy ass backup vocals near the end. Where it's like she's singing a song. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> Reel it back a little. Like, <laughs> I want to hear you sing. So yeah, I found this one got like cheesier and cheesier as it went along. Like sure. I started out and I was like, oh yeah, this is like pretty good. Like it's Hugh Lewis and the New Sounding. And then it just like kept going and I was like, mm. okay, let's dial it back. And it was like, no, we're going to do even more cheesy shit. And I'm like, all right. He does the harmonies at the end too, right? Yeah. This version? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I, I don't mind a little cheese personally yeah usually me neither but for some reason it that one got the you? wrong way yeah you know one. what i honestly like i i agree this is a song this version i liked the beginning the most mm-hmm. but for some reason that i don't understand it didn't hold me the whole time yeah and i don't know why even though some of the other ones shouldn't have but did yeah like but i felt similar about the the ventures version i guess where where i maybe skipped over it more often but maybe that's just my preferences towards like instrumental yeah well it's just like i like i don't think it's a good instrumental piece like they played it fine right but it's a little lacking nothing there it's like i can play that fine too because (laughs) there's not a lot it's a pretty simple song um but but I thought it was funky enough. Yeah, I really like. So there really were some like steps in the right line. direction, and I can't explain what the problem is. Where they lost me. I yeah. Think, like I think for me, it's like the the synth noises weren't tight for me, and we get that cheesy ass backup vocals and just some of that like oh yeah, oh yeah, and I'm just like that's right. The song's about a dude showing up and everybody being excited. Like yeah, I don't know if we need this. Ooh, yeah. Oh, he's coming to town. Is, well, I think he does all the backup singing right the the backup vocals aren't great like they they're a little low energy and or they seem that way to me yeah which seems odd because like he's a professional he's been working for a couple decades at this point mm-hmm. it seems like an odd decision but it was a conscious decision so and maybe it's that laid back feeling they're going for yeah maybe but it doesn't really agree with the rest of the song so it's just kind of out of place yeah um let's talk about 15 Mary Thompson slash, slash Brian Mendez. Everybody's building big ships and boats. Some are building monuments. So I couldn't find anything about this crew. Oh, yeah, that was actually from the year 2000. We should have done that one first. Yeah, well. Oh, yeah. I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this uh, was. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on them. Yeah, I mean, I look 
like I, I looked up Mar- 15 Mary Thompson Spotify. <laughs> yeah, and it was just Spotify. And then I Google Brian Mendez and like that's such a common name. Yeah, I was not even gonna bother Googling it's that. It's just a name. <laughs> so I imagine Brian Mendez is some kind of solo singer because I think so. I have to imagine it's the male voice. Yeah. Um the album is called Come On Over for Supper. We're having spinach supreme and pecan pie. That it sounds like exactly what the album would be called. Yeah. So this one, if you're going for that low energy, yeah, definitely starts with that low energy. Oh yeah, this is on some lo-fi shit. It's on some lo-fi shit. Although listening to some of the other songs on that album, Mm -hmm. they didn't have that. So it's just this song. Really? Yeah. It's like I was really expecting that to be their sound, and it wasn't. Interesting. I was surprised. Yeah, because I like I actually really like this version. I at first did not. And it really grew on me. Like, yeah. I first was like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They're lo-fi bullshit. And then I was like, no, <laughs> hang on. It's yeah. all right. I mean, that laid back feeling actually kind of works. Like mm-hmm. we kept mentioning, that's kind of the feeling of the song in a lot of ways. Well, this one's almost spooky. Like, it is with the like double track vocals because yeah. there are two singers and they kind of, at the beginning, the, the male voice... Um, well, first of all, they have the riff. I got to mention the yeah, riff. Yeah, they do have the riff. It's played on a synthesizer. That's right. Um, he's mostly just kind of talking for the first bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a female vocalist comes in and they're both going at the same time. Yeah. And she's kind of singing more while he talks a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a little more singy and they're going back and forth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got that kind of like she processed sound, especially you can hear it on his voice where it yes. sounds almost like it's they coming definitely through radio have, or something. Right. That kind of low pass filter sound, yeah. I would say. Of cutting out those high frequencies. Um, and and then at one point, he kind of gets a bit shouty. That's right. Yeah. Where he, so he, and, and he's like, which is kind of odd because he starts so low and like everybody's building yeah, ships and boats, boats. And then like goes way up and starts to shout. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily have anything to say about that, but I, I don't know either. But it certainly happens. We've got the. I think the drums are. Are they a sample on this one? I uh, did not take note of it because they're but, very tinny sounding, and then uh, they just kind of. They just seem to be a loop. loop. It Could reminded be. me of like sampling in like '90s hip hop kind of thing. It gave me a a tribe called Quest kind of vibe. Where I was like, oh yeah, because right. you kind of sample it and make it sound. Like it's being sampled rather than just trying rather to make than it sound like it sound a natural like, yeah. thing in there. Okay. It was 2000, so like 2000 was basically the late 90s. Yeah. Because you yeah, can't yeah. really draw a line between decades like we like to pretend like, like you can. Like we do, yeah. Um, it, yeah. They use the cat's meow and cow's moo line. That's right. Um, the other thing, because, only because they went for kind of a lo-fi thing. It made me think of the white stripes. Yeah, I could see that. Um, although this is more like if you listen to the other songs, it's more like folk country. Mm, okay. um, which is why I wasn't sure if they picked the lyric "Cats Meow Cows Moo" based on Ian and Sylvia or based on Bob Dylan. Because right. honestly, it could be either one. Yeah, it's hard based to on tell. based on what I heard. Um, um, the the effects on the guitar in this are really cool. Although they use the fumes and hay they use the garden, garden fumes, fumes and making haste so it's probably bob, bob dylan. dylan i forgot i wrote yeah, that down there you go <laughs> anyway but yeah that guitar has a it almost sounds like i think we talked about this on bloody well right it's got a sort of very interesting uh effects filter it's put through where it's like i've, I've written it down as slick and greasy smooth like slick it's, and greasy smooth 
You know, it's got that kind of like I don't know how to define that beyond that. Do you note the guitar at all? No, but I would like to now. God damn it, Alex. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I hear that. And there's a there's hang on, there's a different part. I called that a synthesizer. Okay, that's probably a synthesizer, but hang on. Yeah, but it could very well be a guitar. Like I'm inclined to say that's a that's a guitar. Yeah, I could see. Here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. So basically, a synthesizer mm-hmm. synthesis. Yeah. To a lot of people, mm-hmm. is more about timbre design, sound design than anything. Right. So realistically, the source of the vibration, the oscillation that is fed through the synthesizer doesn't really matter. So is a guitar fed through a synthesizer? Just a synthesizer? Mm. That's just the source of the vibration. Right. It's still kind of a synthesizer. It's using a synthesizer, but it's both. So it's okay. both. There you <laughs> We're go. both right. Hell yeah. Hooray. Yeah, but I really liked that. That really, I think, set the tone for yeah. the song. Yeah, I liked this. This one grew on me like a lot. Yeah. Yes, I, really, I had a similar feeling. At like, first, first I was like, I heard "What it, the I was like, fuck are they doing?" So yeah, this was a really, uh, this is a real standout one for me. Um, should we jump into Hopeton Lewis? Let's Hell talk about yeah. Hopeton Lewis. He um he was around for a while. He was considered to oh, did I write all these things down? Because there's some really cool stuff. Oh shit. Um He He was an old school he was Jamaican, Hopeton mm-hmm. Lewis. Yeah. Uh he was he's credited with like as one of the like first rock steady artists. Artists. Okay, yeah. And rock steady is kind of the genre that predates ska and oh. and uh, reggae so like those are the three that i've always heard of like in that order right. rocksteady ska reggae that okay. like came out of jamaica and but this is i think later but i wasn't able to get an exact date it doesn't necessarily sound like it's from 2004 to me well yeah because he sounds like it sounds older than that. yeah it sounds kind of more old school but i couldn't get a solid date yes yeah, the best date i could find so um, yeah, so he's saying Rocksteady and Reggae. Yeah, okay, here we go. I found it. So there's another thing. It's, he ha- uh, this is a line from the Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, several more Jamaican hits in the late 60s and early 70s, including the first Herb song ever recorded there, Cool Collie. What's a Herb song? It's about weed. Nice! Yeah! That's awesome. In Jamaica. In Jamaica. The first. Oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily... Like, maybe Herb song has other implications, but if it means what I think it means... It's just about, like, a regular. Wow. <laughs> that's... Oh, yeah, that's pretty influential, then. Um, so this one... Every reggae song we've ever covered on this podcast always has that same reggae rhythm on the guitar, where it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's a big part of reggae. That's just like that's every reggae song. Yeah. Why is that every reggae song? I don't know, man. Why are all our songs in like four four? I guess it's about it's about accents. Accents are actually a big part of genre. Really? Yeah. So like in rock and roll, you have your accents on the like the one and the three. Right. In the beat, you hear that. Yeah, that's right. So like those are the accents. So and like I think jazz, it's two and four, or like depending on how you do it. So like. Accents are like actually a big part of genre, and I think you just don't think about it if you're not exposed, or if you are exposed to it. Like, it's so normal to us, you're like, that's just how you do music. 
So now we see Reagan, we're like, why are they always doing that one thing? But if someone else saw our music, we're like, why are they always doing that one thing? We're like, well, that's how you do music. So I think that is how you can look at it. Is that they are doing that, but technically we have things like that as well. Right. We just don't think about them. They're so normal. They just seem like the only way to do it. Right. So it really is like accents in the other sense. Like when you go to a foreign place, you're like, everybody's got accents here. Everyone sounds funny here, but like... It's, it's just, that's just how That's just how it is. You sound funny there. Yeah. I get it. I like that. Okay, so this one is, uh, it's got, a, um, again, another good bass line on this one. Yeah, it doesn't have the riff. Sorry, the opening has, like, a rhythm, but it's, yeah. like, a descending melody. That's right. Dun, 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 or, yeah. It, dun, dun. And it almost sounds like the riff, but, like, they just transpose the whole thing to be descending. Mm-hmm. But also kind of sounds like the bass line. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let me see. The vocals are really good on this. Yeah, it's almost like gospely. Yeah. Some of the time. Um, and they got like some backup. Yeah, really active singing. backup. And he's doing his this. like voice singing one more time, yeah. Yeah. Here we go now. All hey, right. And he yeah. says, I'll tell you mama, I'll tell you papa. That's right. If he didn't if you didn't have a Jamaican like accent, this would definitely I think could be gospel. Yeah. God, that's a good point. This one was fun. Like of of all the reggae versions we listened to, like this is one of my more favorite reggae songs, I would say. Yeah, there's also a few, um, like lyrics that are changed, just mm-hmm. like a little bit. But I think, yeah. like you're mentioning, like with accents, maybe it's just that, like it sounded different. So right. they're singing how it sounded or whatever. Um, so he just says jumping things and making haste, and like, yeah, fine, I guess a cue is a thing. I like think, it yeah. still works. Exactly. <laughs> it's just more general. And he says cup of tea. Which, is there another version of this cup of tea? Yes. I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, I'm blanking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Da, da, da. No, I got no it idea. Might be later. One. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I tried to get all this stuff down, but now I've got so many notes that I can't find <laughs> individual things. Anyway. Yeah, this one. Uh, this is a cup of tea. and of tea. Uh, But it's, it's mostly, other than those small changes... The like based on the Manfred Man version lyrically, right? And I would say like what I said with the with Ian and Sylvia is that the song like suits a country tone. I would say that it actually also applies to reggae like very easily. Like it's an easy transition to be like, yeah, this is a reggae song. Yeah, we already compared it to Wild Thing, and one of the things we said about that, or no, yeah, one of the things we said about that was people just kind of transpose into different genres yeah. and do their own thing and like it fits. Mm-hmm. If you just change the instruments, change the rhythm, whatever. Yeah. And this kind of has that as well. Yeah, it definitely does. Some people like do it better than others, but yeah. this is I think one of the successful examples. It's just kind of a flexible song. And even thematically like the ideas of like modern society is moving too fast and It's very very universal. Potentially uh smoking weed like Yeah, maybe weed. That's perfect reggae talk. Maybe this is no, no. This wasn't old enough. <laughs> Not the first Herb song. Not the first Herb song. God, that's now I want to know like more about Hopeton Lewis. Yes, and like Herb songs in general. Yeah, because like, there might be more of an implication there, but I didn't have a chance like a, to look like it a up. history of weed songs. That's <laughs> maybe we'll do that in like April or something. Maybe we'll do a month of weed songs. A month of weed songs. Um, should we jump into Cats and Boots? Yeah, let's talk about Cats and Boots. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I really got their name from. I couldn't find anything on these. Two. That was the only thing I could find on them. Was when I searched them up, 
uh, Urban Dictionary said, it's the sound you make when you're beatboxing. Cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they just seem to be some random, like, pop duo. Yeah. For some reason, my brain told me they were British. I don't okay. think they Maybe. are. I have no reason to believe that. My brain just came up with that randomly. Well, I, I would say Cats and Boots sounds more like a British pop duo than it would, like, American. Like, we get... Yeah, and I don't know why. Because we get, like, the Spice Girls. Actually, Spice Girls are Spice British, Girls are British. They? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm out of arguments. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know, but you, you're... <laughs> like, I agree with you for some reason. Yeah. Um. This is... So, this is... Like, I called it bubblegum pop. It might not actually be that poppy on yeah. the scale of pop, but... It's pretty poppy. Yeah. But, like, did you look at the album this was on? Yeah. Their album's called Deja Vu, and yeah. it had, like, a bunch of covers. Two, it also had a cover of Mr. Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. And, like... Stop in the Name of Love, yeah. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, yeah. play inside my heart. And Stop in the Name of Love again, but and they the party have, mix. And they have Moni Moni on there. Moni Moni. Oh, show five more. I don't know why I didn't want to show me. Oh, yeah, here yeah. we go. So, like, there's actually two Bob Dylan songs on this. It's fucking Which is, weird. and it's, and like, I don't know, like, Tambourine Man, obviously the instrumentation changed, but it's like a pretty straight cover other than that, which just seems weird yeah. to, in 2005, cover Mr. Tambourine Man give it like a pop beat and then just like do the whole like thing straight like yeah. just sing like i don't like know. all the verses of that <laughs> <laughs> like who this is just such a bizarre thing to exist i know because like who is their target audience i have not nobody apparently their their picture like their album cover makes me think like it's for teenage girls yeah right? like, it's just like them smiling it just is like two like i assume cats and boots yeah i assume that's their pop names mm-hmm. their stage names but, like, I don't know who's who. Yeah, I couldn't tell you which one's cats and which one's boots. And just, like, who had demand for this version, which, weirdly enough, has the flute in it? <laughs> <laughs> what is that doing in this, this is version? Like, it's just, like, a really surreal thing. Yeah, it's. Like, I was so confused, I think, by this version that I just couldn't even... I don't hate it but i just yeah. don't understand I, it's, it it just really confused me like the other thing they do is verse the second and third verse are reversed okay yeah i don't it doesn't mean anything they just do it out they of just order do that and like the vocals are very uh they're just like they're fine they're a little bit empty like yeah. a little bit almost just like what you get from a like yeah i was a, gonna say vapid but i'm trying to figure out if that's appropriate and yeah. i'm like i don't want to be they're, like sexist they're, but they're like i don't think that is flat in terms of emotional like yeah they like, they obviously didn't go anywhere really yeah but like it's just bizarre it's bizarre and i guess like this isn't really an emotional piece but there's been some quality in everybody else's vocals where they actually like I like put a piece of themselves. This into is it. pretty sterile, I guess. Yes, that would be a word for it. Sterile. And there's two of them. You can't really tell. I couldn't really tell the difference between them. No. All that well. I assume due to some sort of vocal processing, but that's speculation on my yeah. part. Yeah. And there's some weird shit going on with the synth in the back. I don't get it. I don't understand this version. Yeah, this is just weird. Give it a listen. Get check out Cats and Boots, everyone. They, yeah. See if we can get them to come back. <laughs> Cats and Boots 2019. Uh, 2019 reunion tour. Hashtag. Where they exclusively play Bob Dylan covers. <laughs> Which would be... I'd pay to see that. Like a rolling stone. Yeah, okay. Here's the... Th- if... if okay, obviously, we don't have a huge following. But yeah. like, if this happens, 
I'm going. Oh, like, fuck yeah. We're going to do we're going, it. We're going to like Vancouver or wherever we need to go <laughs> to see this happen. Oh, I don't yeah. care. Fuck yeah. We'll do that. That's our promise as a podcast is if Cats and Boots. Has I don't care if I need to go to all it. the way to Vancouver. Yeah. An hour flight away. I will do it. I'll do it. <laughs> in the country I live in. <laughs> Won't have to go through customs, but I'll do it. Fucking do it. Um, let's see. Let's jump into because I really have nothing else to say about this. No, I don't. I, I could barely think. Like it's so beyond my. Reasoning. I know. I just like I have like, my. Why does this exist? Hands ready to write notes, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> what is happening? I like wrote down some facts about it. And <laughs> just bizarre. Bizarre. Let's talk about the Manfreds. The Mighty Manfreds. This is so a live. These version. guys were from Manfred Man. <clears throat> yes, these are former Manfred Man members. Okay. But not Manfred Man's Earth Band. Pretty sure not Manfred Man's Earth Band. Okay. Um, yeah, this one's got that flute. We get these vocal harmonies on the chorus. It's actually much more flute. There's flute throughout in this version. Yes, there is more flute in this version. And there's a harmonica playing the intro as well. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it is very similar to the Manfred Man version, as you may have uh, guessed. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, they use those lyrics. And then... Um, there's a dude singing falsetto in the background. Did you mm, notice him? He's just there. And he's just like, come on with that. Like, <laughs> or I don't remember what lines he's singing, but I don't know it who's that. like Mickey Mouse. It's weird. He's just in the background singing like everything or not. He's not through the whole thing, but he's just like singing falsetto. Actually, you know I and, think like, I might have noticed that because I seem to remember like, just being like, what is going on in that upper ring? Yeah. He, so I don't know what else he's doing, but he's singing he's falsetto. He's doing that. I like, so in this version, he tells him how to sing. It's your turn to sing. And then he tells and that's, I believe, Mike Dabo. To add the hand claps. Now, with the hand yeah. claps. I was just thinking how funny would it, if it would be if he was like, you there, get on the guitar, and then like slowly replace, replace the, the entire band, the band and just left. You there, on hand claps. <laughs> Does anybody know how to play a flute? A flute. <laughs> there are flautists in the crowd. Flautist. You. You there, boy. Your lips look supple and like they would... <laughs> Play flute well. Do you play the flute? You could. You, you could. could play the flute. Come up, we'll show you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and they just like keep playing for an hour before everyone release- realizes the band's gone. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Where's Mike? <laughs> so this seemed like a yeah, lots of audience participation, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, not as much as we would like, apparently. No, apparently. <laughs> uh, but um, they also. Jeez, what was I gonna say? Fuck. Um, we told me Mike, Mike Dabo, Mike right, Dabo. No, it feels like, like they're finishing, and right. I, it, maybe it's like a the last song before the encore or whatever. Mm, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. you know, I, it must be because they say all the band member names, right? And then someone else says Mike Dabo, everybody, and like, so it's really, it's, it's, is an ending song. They're, they're finishing. It's a crowd pleaser, or it sounds yeah. like it anyway. It, yeah, it definitely had that vibe to it. And then they do a big rock finish. Yeah. Where they just all play, and then and they and they do they they do the harmonies. Yeah, they do the harmonies. Yeah, that's what I think. Every says, time you'll not see nothing like the Mighty Manfreds. That's right. He does say that. <laughs> um, what and that's the say? name of the band. So, so they're not just the Manfreds; they're the Mighty Manfreds. No, no, no. The name of the band is the Manfreds. Oh, okay, no, they just threw in Mighty because they're doing Quinn the Mighty. Because that's the name of the song. The mighty Quinn, rather. <laughs> Uh yes. What did I have to say? Yeah, those big rock finishes. Every time I think of, I hear that kind of finish. On a uh, on a track, I can only think of the rock band. Guys. The rock band, yeah, yeah, that's why I called it that. Just like visually, I picture the whole setup. 
and just like hitting the colored notes. Okay. Like- so for anyone not familiar with rock band, some songs would have a big rock finish where there the 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 track scrolling towards you would just essentially go, it's freestyle. Would change colors so, and you could yeah. freestyle and everyone can make their own sounds. And I believe based on how many notes you hit, like if you hit more notes, yeah, you get the more, more notes you hit, the higher points. If you, you hit the final, the final notes note, that came after, which it. sometimes are very difficult. That's right. Um, and then you get all the points for that that finale as well. Uh, did everyone have to hit them for it to work? I don't remember. I it doesn't matter. Say, yes, um, I'm not sure. Anyway, so Everybody that's but the bassist had to hit it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the bassist. <laughs> the audience is like, no, I didn't notice anything. <laughs> but so that's that's where that term comes from for us. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I assume I don't know if I other mean, people use it before yeah, that. I don't know. I like I wouldn't know what to call it otherwise. Just a big finish. Yeah. Anyway, we have a lot of history with Rock Band. Yeah. And Guitar Hero, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Is that what we got to say about the Manfreds? Now that we're talking about Rock Band, we, yeah, should probably... talking about rock band, we should talk about another Rock Band. Let's talk about Blackbirds. Blackbirds. Um, this one's got a boop, boop, synth boop, on it. Boop, 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 boop. It's not quite that, but like no. just like kind of repeating that. And it's I don't know. It was very <clears throat> uh, like out of place. I felt this was in. First of all, the name of the album is End Lines and Punch Rhymes, which I liked. Yeah, which makes me think of handbags and glad rags for some reason ah, because it's just thing and thing, thing and thing. But also the neat name. Um, the guy kind of reminded me of Lemmy. Lemmy. Like from Motorhead, Kill My Sin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not quite as, like, gruff. Are you thinking about the Slow Learners version? Nope. No, you're thinking about this one. Okay, he reminded me, I thought he sounded vocally similar to what they were doing on uh, the 15 Mary Thompson one, actually. I should clarify. Sounds kind of like Lemmy. Not like a temp, but like a bit. Yeah, okay. But, like, remind, if you know the song Whorehouse Blues I by Motorhead, do, no. which is, like, not super, like, it's not like metal. Really? Right. It's like a pretty blues song. I wouldn't have guessed. As you yeah, may have got from the name. Um I don't know a ton of Motorhead, but I know that song. I know a couple others. But yeah, um, I think it's just no Ace of Spades. It does not sound like Ace of Spades. Reminded me of that okay. vocally, but again, not quite as gruff and distinctive. Right. Um they use the fumes and haste line. Okay, fumes yeah. and making haste and the cat and cow line. For what it's worth. Um and there's like synth, and like I feel like there's a synth playing throughout, but they just kind of change the filter on it, right? Because it's playing that riff, it's playing this like do something like that. Yeah, something similar to and that. And then they just kind of cl- open or close the filter at different points depending on how much they want it. Right. I think that's what I that's what my interpretation that makes sense, is. It, it seems to like annoy me at points, and then it yeah. Sometimes as you me. get those higher frequencies in, it's a yeah. little more noticeable, and then they bring it down. That makes sense. And this one's got electric drums on it. Yeah, I don't really know much. I, I couldn't find anything on the group either. Yeah, I really. couldn't find anything. This one is like four minutes long, though, isn't it? It's too fucking long. I didn't write it down. I didn't write it down. Here's a hot tip. Too fucking long. Too long. <laughs> I was done at like two minutes in. Yeah. And I kept going. I was not big on this version. Um, We get acoustic guitar at one point. There's... like it's just It was kind of all over the place for me. Funny how you notice these things more when you don't like it. Yeah, it was like, I hate that, I hate this, I and hate this that, other and thing. And why are they doing that? It's, it's atrocious. Hate. <laughs> uh, 
and then you li- and then if you're listening to it and you do like it, you're like cool and then you move on good song <laughs> so was that to say so, that you enjoyed this one um i didn't like dislike it specifically okay it, it, it had a really like laid-back feeling which i keep bringing up yeah kind of works with the song mm-hmm. uh, with the it's subject definitely, matter definitely one interpretation and it had that yeah i thought but um Compared to the 15 Mary Thompson version where I was like, I gotta find out what their other songs sound like. I didn't mm-hmm. have that with yeah, this one. Yeah, this one, I don't know. This one just... Especially because I was liking the Mary 15 Mary Thompson by the time I'd started actually listening to this one. Oh, right. I was just like, oh, the voice this sounds like he's trying to do their thing, but he's not as good. And I was just like, well, fuck the whole thing. Fuck it. <laughs> Burn it down. Fuck it all. And that's what I have to say about this one. Yeah, I don't have much more to Let's add. Let's jump into our last one here, the slow learning. <laughs> Again, I don't know much about these guys. No, me neither. I couldn't find much of anything. This is a 2010 one, so I guess they're fairly recent. I guess. Um, I was having trouble figuring out, like, well, they change a lot of the wor- the lines. Yeah. A lot of the lines that kind of are different previously, they've done completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, making hate and making haste. That mm-hmm. ain't my cup of tea. So this is the other one they say cup of tea on. Right. Which, I mean, the phrase cup of meat doesn't make any sense. sense unless and, of course you think about eskimos as yeah being meat eaters right, right. Meat eaters. so that's probably where that comes from but it clearly comes from also the phrase that ain't my cup like that's not my cup of tea yeah and he's just so rhyming just, it for yeah. ridiculous purposes so they're just bringing in the actual phrase yeah which hopton lewis also did that's right so cool i guess cool yeah, yeah. this one's got uh so this one's i got some more gruff vocals i would call yeah them. it's he's, a little more rocky especially yeah, like for 2010 blues rocky kind of deal yeah he's uh like the verses i found really strong on this one we got some it was kind of everything's got like attitude on it you got the guitar they do have that sound to it definitely mm-hmm. almost a little punky mm-hmm. um they and they don't have like the riff the man for man riff yeah but they kind of have their own riff they play at least to start yeah so I guess you just need a riff. It's like we're saying it, it's a song that can be moved between different genres pretty genres easily. Pretty easily. Um, and that riff is not necessary. It's not present in a lot of the different versions. Right. Because it's, it's not, again, it's not a, like a musically complex piece. So you're allowed yeah. to embellish on it and change it pretty much out of whim. And if you include at least one recognizable feature. Yeah. Like, then like the that's lyrics. your version. Yeah. It's <laughs> and like even like the very first demo, like, the instruments like don't matter hardly. At like they're all. just in the like, background just doing there whatever to, to round it out, to make it sound like a song. But like it's mostly just the poem or whatever. Yeah, um, I like this one. Like I like the verses. The chorus kind of they were fine. It was whatever, but the verses really had us. Yeah, they of, changed. They had another line. He changed. Um, said like I can recite Shakespeare. I can't recite them all. Right. Um. I don't know exactly, again, what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that line means. Uh, maybe it is a different interpretation of the, of the lyric, but like, I, that's kind of why I said something I mentioned before about like maybe he's trying to imply that he's a resourceful person. Yeah. Because that's kind of, this version is what, where I kind of originally thought that. He's like, I can do these things, but like even I can't do what Quinn the Eskimo can do. do like, right. Oh, so he's like, yeah, I'm very capable. 
but not as capable. But not as capable as that Quinn, Quinn boy. Eskimo, who just shows up and shit happens. And things happen. Yeah. That's, no, check that's him a out. good interpretation. That was, yeah. that was kind of where, where I, why I thought of that. And we got, like, there's, like, a pretty run-of-the-mill guitar solo in here. Like, it's nothing spectacular. I didn't it's even write it down. Yeah, it just kind of, like, goes from, like, uh, your root note and kind of climbs up, shredding an octave, and then it's like, boom, we're out. Cool. There's, there's an organ in this one and a saxophone. Yeah, that's right. So, I, you know, I'm always into those instruments. So, yeah, this was a, this was a fun one. But, uh, I mean, maybe not the most remarkable version. Maybe not. That's, maybe our, not. that's our roundup, unless you got anything else to say about this. Yeah, take me through no. the notebook there. No. Okay. MC. So we're gonna we're gonna break it down, pick our favorite version, our least favorite version, and the mightiest version. The mightiest version. Which, if you need help, like contextualizing that, just remember that the Avengers are Earth's mightiest heroes. So think maybe of which song version would be most likely to play in Avengers. Most likely to avenge. Avengers four, the Mighty Quinn brackets Quinn the Eskimo. So that's our third category. End game. <laughs> That's relevant because the trailer came out this week, okay? This, well, depending on where you start the week, last week, but... Right. Within a week of today. That's right. In the past. It's like within two weeks of this recording. This weekend, everybody. The Avengers is always relevant. I, never, I didn't even watch the trailer. Did you watch the trailer? No, I, didn't, I haven't seen um, the last one. Civil three. Infinity War, whatever Infinity it is. War, Infinity yeah. War, Infinity War. I forgot the name of it, too, for a second. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen that. I'm, I'm not up on my uh, Marvel... Cinematic universe at the moment. I'll catch up. I usually catch up every once in a while. But, yeah. Uh, not right now. That's fair. We'll okay, there. so let's break this down. Favorite version. What do you got for me? Oh, geez. I mean. Do you want me to jump in here? Really? Hey, no, yeah. I, you I, go I can ahead. take this. Yeah. Oh, it's for me. It's 15 Mary Thompson's. You did imply that earlier. Yeah. It's, I think it's dope. I think it's. With it, like, and I like a lot of the versions. I like Manfred Mann's version. I like, uh, like, I like the. I know, I, I, that's, it's tough. Like, I really do like a lot of the versions. And obviously, I'm always partial to the first one I heard, which was the Manfred Mann version, mm-hmm. which I do like to rock from time to time. But what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it to the self portrait version. I like Bob Dylan. Yeah. I like the band. That's both of them together, very obviously, oh, yeah. in, a, in a live setting. They're, you know, they're yeah. doing a thing. They're on the Isle of Wight, I that's guess. Right. So, yeah, I'll throw it to that one. Hell yeah, and the lyrics take on just a kind of different, like, energy when it's Bob Dylan singing them. Yes, it's, it's definitely different just, too. It's like a glove, you know? It just fits perfectly. It is his song. He wrote yeah. it. And, like, compared to the, the like, demo, got a lot more distinct, like, the feel is a lot, like, he's got a lot higher energy. Yeah. The, the, the instruments They've have really a purpose. They've clearly worked on it for yeah. a couple years. It's much more polished. Yeah, so I'll give it to that one. But like, there's so many versions I liked. It's so hard to. Think. Yeah, this was this was a good roundup. Like even Hoped and Lewis, I thought was a, a very good reggae cover. Um, yeah. Or yeah. Rocksteady. Yeah, whichever it is. But like, if it was 2004, it might not matter so much. It's one of those. Games. Yeah, genre it's development over time. At that makings. point, yeah. 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 Um. Now let's hit worst version. Now a strong contender for this for me, I would say, is Cats and Boots. But I know I feel like so that one's so baffling and like mesmerizing in a strange way because my my mind can't wrap around it entirely yeah. that I can't pick that one. Okay. So I think for me it's Blackbirds. I just didn't Blackbirds. like it. It fell yeah, flat for me. It was a little flat. I am gonna give it to Cats and Boots, but because I'm pretty sure it's bad. Like yeah. I'm pretty like I'm reason like I I think it is. 
maybe like I'm open to the idea that it's not because I'm not totally sure. But like I think it it must be right. I mean, like, it, it has, has to, to be. be. I like. I don't but know. It, the, just the it's the just so con- I'm, I'm so confused it, by confusing it that I don't, me and baffling me. I don't want it to go away. Yeah, like I enjoyed its existence, <laughs> but if not, not its it its existing of what it did with its in existence. my brain. Yeah, like I don't know. It was very it was so weird. I I want to know more about it. Yeah, but I also don't necessarily want to listen to it again. But I will show it to people. Oh, Absolutely. Not. Um, all right, for, for the mightiest the version. Mightiest version. I think I've actually got to go with the original. If oh, only because yeah? I just realized they could easily throw it in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> because <it's- laughs> um, I was gonna say the mightiest version was the Manfreds, because they're the only ones who say mighty Manfreds. Mighty Manfreds. So they are the mighty, mighty man they're mighty playing it already. Earth's mightiest Manfreds. Yeah. Yeah, that's a solid pick. So there you guys have it. That's our that's been our uh cover. That's been our cover. Hey, our cover of the song is us talking about all the other songs. You want to sit down for an hour and a half and <laughs> listen to one song cover? Yeah, that's, that's this. this. Um, so those, that's been our decisions. If you guys have any varying opinions, hit us up on the Twitter. Please share your opinions Hashtag with cover us. me pod. Pod. At Jake the Cressy. At fucking Alex's dumb fucking Twitter name. I'm going to change that. You change it. Yeah. I I X A L V. That's it. I think uh, I'm like ninety percent sure. You can also just look up my name. Yeah, rate and review us on iTunes or whatever you listen to us on. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you like. Ask us questions. We were gonna do a bonus segment, but I forgot to uh, make one today. So today's it's been, it's been ninety minutes. Yeah. I think today's bonus segment is. Do you guys like the bonus segments? Do you guys want bonus segments? What kind of bonus segments would you like to see? What's your favorite bonus segment? Holler at me. Did you say that already? What's yeah. your favorite bonus segment? Did I repeat you? Uh, maybe. Yeah. If you have a if you have a favorite bonus segment, what is it? If you don't have Twitter, get Twitter. Get Twitter. So you can talk to us. I don't if, know. If you're one of the people who listens and is just like a friend of ours or family member, just text us yeah. or talk yeah. to us. You yeah. know who you are. We'll we'll screenshot it and post it on Twitter. No, we won't. We could though. <laughs> we won't. Maybe. Yeah. And so that's everything for this episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, we we got it covered. Step back, fellas. <laughs>